The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To the Gotham City Gazette, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, March 22nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's Batwoman. Please welcome my co-host, Millie Wood. Hello, Gotham. And Professor X. Hello, Gotham, and I suppose for this week, hello, Coriana. I know, right? Let's jump into our discussion of Season 2, Episode 8, which was titled Survived Much Worse and aired March 21st, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Batwoman's abilities are tested like never before, while Alice's search for Kate continues. Sophie and Jacob set their sights on Coriana, and Mary and Luke contend with an unexpected guest. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2. Episode 8, Batwoman, was viewed by 548k total viewers with a point one in the demo. It dropped a tiny bit in total viewership, but was steady in the demo. I'll say that press release was hella vague, but it actually, if you think about it, that is what happened on the show. It's kind of funny. Uh, so, I will say this. Uh, going into this episode over the weekend on EntertainmentWeekly.com, they had an interview with the showrunners, and they said, basically... This episode, episode 8, was their uh, winter finale, their mid-season finale. In December, this would have aired originally had there been no pandemic and that sort of thing. And this is the episode that we would have been left with for about a month-ish break, you know, where we would have been like, whoa. And I've got to say, I'm so glad we have an episode next week, because I don't know if I could have waited a month to find out what's going to happen next. Um, This was a a mid-season finale. This was a jam-packed episode, but, and I'll say this as a point of personal privilege, over on on the CW, over on another show, there was an episode that was, in essence, their season finale from last season that was jam-packed. They should take notes from Batwoman, because this is how you do a jam-packed episode that is cohesive, makes sense, flows, and it, and for me, actually, I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of this. I don't know if anybody else was, but we'll get into it right now. So, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the opening, because the opening was, it was interesting. We had Ryan writing in the journal to... Uh, to Kate, and then we have uh, we have Alice writing a note. I guess it wasn't a journal to Kate, and it, in in essence, it's just narration where we're listening to the motivations of these different characters, and and I think it's interesting, especially for Alice, because we do have a shift. Uh, later on. I don't want to talk about the shift yet, but uh, I, I just wanted to to put that in as a bookmark for later. Uh, Millie, what do you think of the opening and how they used the narration uh, from both uh, Alice and, and, um, and Ryan? I really liked it. I thought it was a great use of, uh, I know we kind of like comment on how cheesy it was, but a little bit of to see that Ryan's still writing to Kate, or supposedly Kate in that journal. So it's a nice little callback to the the beginning of the season, as well as the juxtaposition between how Alice sees Kate and how, um, you know, Ryan sees Kate, you know, hero versus villain. I think that's an interesting thing that, um, especially knowing Alice's background with, with Kate, that's an interesting way for them to frame it. So I really liked it. It was a good way to do exposition. It was very short. It wasn't, like, drawn out, and I think that it got the point across, and it was in a nice kind of sentimental way. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. Um... So, the whole episode is basically getting everybody to Coriana. 
in essence. Not every single person, but getting some of our heroes to Coriana. So remember, uh, Batwoman put uh, the tracker in Alice's boots. Alice did not change boots. The professor was very worried last time that Alice was going to change her boots. She didn't. So she made it to Coriana, and then our people go to Coriana. And our people being Jacob and Sophie, they initially, you know, are they're going to go on their way, but uh, they found the tracker in Coriana, so they, in essence, get kidnapped to Coriana, but they make it to Coriana anyway. I mean, you know, uh, maybe there's Coriana Air or something where they, you know, or the a, the Coriana cruise ship that they had VIP access to because they got kidnapped as opposed to, have to having to actually uh, navigate their way to it. And then uh, Batwoman makes it there via... I think it was like a cargo-style plane, but she has to do uh, some more uh, theatrics with it. She has to jump out and all that kind of stuff. We learned that Ryan has a fear of... Um, she had never... No, not a fear of, but she had never been on a plane before. So there was that. Uh, there was an excellent joke that I think the professor probably laughed at, I think, uh, that had to deal with sharks. Uh, Professor, what do we think of um, just the journey that these three characters took to get to Coriana? Because I, I feel like we all knew they were all getting to Coriana in this episode, and they all went about in, in different ways. Well, I don't know that we knew that. Like, I was surprised that uh, that Jacob ended up on Coriana. Um, you know, not at all surprised that Ryan went there because, you know, we realized that she needed the flower, uh, you know, to heal herself. Um, uh, we knew that Alice was going to go there, uh, you know, presumably to get her revenge. And, uh, you know, Sophie showing up there kind of made sense. So I was actually a little surprised uh, that, that Jacob ended up there uh, as well. And, and frankly, he didn't do much while he was there except try to hotwire a jet, which presumably, you know, he does, you know, after the, the episode ends. Um, so it did feel a little pat to me that they all are there at exactly the same time and they're captured. And, you know, uh, so I get it, you know, from a storytelling point of view, you got to have all of these things, you know, happening together um, in order to get the necessary reveals. But it did feel a little forced to me. Uh, however, that said, you know, once they were there, I thought it uh, it actually, you know, uh, worked out quite nicely. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about, I'm sure, what happens between the characters uh, when we get into it. But yeah, while I did find it a bit forced, um, you know, we have been building up to this and for this to be a mid-season uh, finale, you know, my guess is this could, will probably be the only time we visit Coriana all season. So it kind of made sense to just get it all out of the way now. I did find it interesting that the uh, oh, the uh, the the, uh, the 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 trees on uh, Coriana are suspiciously close to those you find around Vancouver. Uh, they don't seem very <laughs> tropical to me, but you know, I'm not a horticulturalist. There you go. What'd you think of the shark gag? Shark gag, for those of you who don't get it, it's a famous joke from the, uh, the Batman 66 movie uh, in which the Adam West Batman is uh, hanging off a helicopter and a shark uh, bites him. And to get rid of him, he takes his bat shark repellent off of his utility belt. So in here having the, uh, you know, there's no shark repellent on the utility belt. Why not? Because it would be stupid. It was, yeah, it was a delightful little callback for those of us uh, who have seen the movie and uh, still have the, uh, that, that uh, it, it's, it's a rather famous moment in, uh, in questionable Batman lore. Yes. And I believe it's also a meme. So that was funny. Um, okay. So... Jacob, I think Jacob did have an important moment, I will say. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it. So, so yeah, so I don't think it was a waste that he was there. I just felt like it was, it was obvious that we were going to see them on Coriana because we, ha we have had these um, factions on the show that have wanted to go to Coriana, and uh, part of the faction is, is Jacob and Sophie, like, they have been hell-bent on finding the map and this, that, or the other. So I think, in my mind, it just made sense that they would end up on the island. Since this episode, as you mentioned, Professor, and as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this was this is um, envisioned as the mid-season finale by the showrunner. I, I think we needed the action to get to Coriana uh, in this episode. And, and I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. So... Let's see, where should we go next? Well, let's actually talk about Jacob's moment. We might as well, since it was a tiny moment, but I think it was sort of important. So, uh, earlier in the episode, uh, uh, we had a moment where um, Luke chats with Sophie, and Luke provides her with the coordinates to Coriana. Mentions that, uh, you know, they, uh, they ended up... Um, 
having a trekker on Alice and said the other. And so Sophie, being a character that is smart, I'm glad, she put two and two together and was like, oh, so you're working with Batwoman. Luke doesn't say anything, but uh, she's like, okay. And uh, Luke admits to her that Batwoman is dying, which hits Sophie in a way. And um, he's like, the only way that we can save her is this uh, Desert Rose that's on Coriana. Can you please bring one back? And she says, okay. Later on, she mentions it to Jacob, and he's kind of a little dismissive. Um, we, we did have a moment before that where, uh, where they get um, kid. well, before they escape. Um, there's like a whole thing as to how they escape with an EMP and that sort of thing. But Tatiana ends up uh, basically telling Sophie that, you know, we'd love to recruit you. You know, this is one of the reasons why, you know, you guys are alive and here is because we want to recruit you, Sophie. We see you as someone who's a fighter, this or the other, and incredibly loyal. And there's this comparison of... Uh, of Sophia's army on Coriana with the crows. You know, it's like, what are we doing that's different from what you're doing, in essence? Uh, so they're able to escape, though. They take down uh, Tatiana. And then there's that conversation with Jacob um, with uh, about Batwoman. Oh, so we're, you know, her errand people. We're just going to get a flower for her, this, that, or the other. And... Uh, Sophie really goes to bat for Batwoman. Uh, so much so that Jacob is like, oh, so did what Tatiana say to you influence you and this out of the other? But we had a little moment with Sophie that I, th and we keep on having these little moments with Sophie about the crows that I do think actually means something. What does it mean, Professor? Well, it's part of a larger arc that they've been, you know, dipping their toe into periodically throughout the season. And even, you know, uh, to be fair to them, uh, going back to last season, there were hints of this. The idea that, you know, the crows are a bit out of control. I think they've been playing that up a little more uh, this season, you know, probably, you know, in response to, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests of last year. Uh, they're trying to address that uh, in a certain way, you know, uh, without coming right out and saying the crows are a racist organization or anything like that. You know, there are other code words you can use, like unaccountable uh, and stuff like that. And I did think it was interesting to put those words into Tatiana's mouth and have Jacob there to hear them uh, because there's a certain truth to them. Uh, you know, based on what we've seen of the crow's behavior in Gotham over the past uh, season and a half, that, you know, they have not been, you know, you know, there to serve and protect. Uh, you know, in the first season, they were basically there as, you know, private security for the rich and, and powerful. That seems to have disappeared, and they're now just typical cops with, you know, uh, better tech and, you know, nicer clothes. Um, but I think it does give them a way in to to deal with that. And I think, you know, it's just sort of building on this, building on this. And, you know, uh, Sophie has seen, Sophie has had her beliefs, uh, you know, in the Crows challenged. And I think this was just more of that. Uh, and I think it's important to have Jacob uh, have that realization as well. Uh, you know, it's one thing for, for Sophie, a, a woman of color, to have that, uh, that challenging realization thrown in her face. Uh, but I think a big question will be how they choose to have Jacob deal with it. Will he just reject it? Or will it be something where he is forced to think about it? You know, whether pushed to it by Ryan or pushed to it by Sophie, uh, you know, uh, can he challenge uh, his assumptions about the Crows uh, in the way that she is? So I do think it's part of a, a larger, probably, you know, season long uh, story arc. And they're just, you know, dropping those little things in there, uh, you know, periodically just to sort of, you know, keep that going. And, you know, again, giving us a reason for Sophie, because, you know, without Kate, why Sophie? True, true. Um, I will say, and, and I think we can all agree, because I feel like we've all sort of said this at, at a certain point this season, I am actually enjoying what they're doing with Sophie this season. And, and I don't know if I could have actually have said that, like, last season at all, probably, in hindsight. So it's just sort of thinking back to Sophie's storyline last season. But uh, she was really interesting in this episode. And there's a moment later on that, oddly enough, Millie Wood... I'm going to ask you a question about, because I'm curious to hear your take on Sophie as well. But uh, I'm going to leave that as just a tease, um, because we're going to get into something else right now. Uh, so let's talk about Alice. So she's on the island, and uh, she's, she's a big shot, in essence, because she has brought, um, she's brought Ocean 
to Sophia. And so Sophia keeps on dragging this out, but she's like, oh, you know, your sister, this, that, or the other, and uh, you killed him, and don't you want to know? And so she gives a little bit of, like, maybe insight into the, um, the reason why she did the memory wipe and that sort of thing. Um, Alice kind of hints, like, oh, you know, because you had a thing for me and that sort of thing. But uh, but she's like, it kind of ruffles her, in my opinion. And she's like, no, you know, someone in charge has this, that, or the other. And I'm like, all right, Sophia, if you say so. Now, the, the little wrinkle that, um, that Alice was not expecting was Batwoman. And Batwoman ends up getting captured and uh, she's like, uh, you know, I, I want to chat with you, Sophia. You know, I have information that you're going to want to hear. And Sophia's like, um, I don't really do that with people that, you know, just sort of barge in. So go away now. But, but she ends up saying out aloud, you know, you should check your boy. Like, are you sure that's him? And then we see probably one of the grotiest moments is just the pulling off of the face of uh, of um, the fake uh, ocean face and, you know, all the whatever it is that she, being Alice, uses to, to glue it on someone's face. Um, Millie, were you surprised that this happened so soon into the episode? What, what did you think of uh, Alice's machinations and uh, Sophia um, learning the truth of, via Batwoman? I was surprised. I think there was a little bit of fake out. We thought that she was going to figure out a lot sooner and it wasn't going to be Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't know if you noticed this, they dragged the scene out a little bit. And there were a lot of moments where I thought before Batwoman showed up, I thought that she had already figured it out. Did you also think that? Yes. Especially because they had, I think the way that Rachel Scarson was playing definitely had her look panicked and guilty when she was like, wait a second. And then it was like, mm-hmm. you know, misdirect. Um, so I really thought that, that because like, I think we were assuming that she's somewhat, at least everyone knew she has that skill. So that would be, you know, you think that would be the first thing is double check their face if Alice is bringing you a body, but I guess not. Well, that's what we would do, right? <laughs> yeah, nor- normal things with dead bodies. Um, but I kind of like how it was Ryan that a little bit just threw Alice under the bus. I think it shows that... Um, that they're obviously that relationship's not there um and there's still that distrust there um and it in a way i think it shows where ryan's priorities are which is obviously herself and also trying to get the flower but it was a nice little wrench in the plan of alice's oh totally yeah so uh, that woman gets thrown in the cell once sophia figures things out she throws alice in the same cell as the bat and they have a really interesting conversation probably one of the best conversations that anyone has had with alice point blank in the period on this show now just a little backstory um ryan had injected herself with with what was adrenaline and cortisone and i guess that's how she's been able to get to coriana but uh, as mary who I will say Mary was looking amazing in this episode. Props to the wardrobe and the makeup and hair and all that kind of stuff. Um, She said uh, that uh, it would uh, increase cell decay. So instead of just a couple days left to live for Ryan, it would speed it up to like 24 hours. Which, I mean, you know, raise the stakes, everybody. Why not? But let's talk about this conversation. And, Professor, I want to get your take on this conversation. We have Ryan basically reading Alice like an overdue library book and pointing out you don't want to kill your sister. You know, you, you're doing all this stuff. You're lashing out. In essence, what you're doing is you're grieving your sister because you can't imagine not having her in your life. And in essence, you have this big talk, this big bravado of wanting to kill her when you've had all these different chances in the past to do it and you never did it, you really don't want to kill her. And, and you're using this rage, this bravado and all this kind of stuff to hide the fact that you miss her. And I was like, wow, 
I was impressed. And, and they brought back the teeny tiny little line from, from the previous episode of, um, you know, that, that basically was, Alice was saying that, um, you know, it's, she isn't the way she is, you know, by her own accord, that she was made that way. And, and they brought that in and tied it into that conversation. What do you think of their one-on-one, Professor? Very strong. I mean, you know, um, uh, maybe you can, you know, question whether Ryan would really be, you know, uh, that empathic or or that, uh, you know, psychologically astute, but it worked. And, uh, you know, sort of forced uh, Alice to have that realization. Um, It's interesting to speculate if Batwoman hadn't shown up and and Alice had gotten her gift of, uh, of, of Kate, which of course we no, was no, was not true. Um, you know what her reaction would have been if she hadn't had that moment of revelation uh, with Ryan, where she realized that you know she loves her sister and she doesn't want to kill her sister. Um, it's uh, it's curious to see how Sophia thought that would have played out um otherwise so uh yeah no i thought it was a very strong scene and you know we've talked a lot about you know redemption arcs for for alice and stuff like this you know the fact that she you know chose not to kill her sister you know it's you know it's baby steps alice baby steps she did kill other people um and thought she was killing ocean but uh i thought it was a very strong uh you know scene and again i i don't know if, if alice is going to be as foregrounded uh you know for the next little while as she has been over the first half of the season and last season um but i think you know this was you know a, a stunning moment of realization for alice and if she is realizing that she doesn't hate her sister she loves her sister you know what will that do to her going forward now that she's convinced that uh, kate is dead ain't that the truth Let's talk about the stabation of the situation that you just mentioned. So, uh, Alice, after this, you know, this, uh, as Oprah would call it, an aha moment. After this aha moment, Alice is taken uh, away, and um, and we have uh, uh, we have a, a barter basically. So there was a moment earlier where Sophia was like, "Find me ocean." And so, based off of a Google search, on, I don't know how she did this, but based off of a Google search on, um, on um, Alice's phone, uh, they ended up finding Ocean. And somehow that same freaking night, they brought him to the damn island. It was like the endless night on uh, Coriana. And uh, uh, Sophia's like, okay, we had a deal. You know, remember you were supposed to kill Ocean? Well, kill him, and I will give you Kate. And, uh, you know, there is hesitancy on Alice's face a little bit. Um, there is begging from Ocean, please don't. And he's like, and, and, and then he's talking to her like the Alice that he knew just, you know, a couple of days ago in Gotham. You wanted to kill your sister? You know, just let her die. It's cool. That's what you wanted to do. And then Alice is like, yeah, but I kind of don't want to kill her anymore. And so she ends up stabbing Ocean. And Ocean is supposedly dead. We'll talk about that. Yeah, because that's a whole interesting plot point. Um, so she gets taken. She's like, oh, you want to see Kate? You want to see Kate? And so she's taken to a cell. And no, Kate isn't locked up in that cell. It's like a bajillion of those little, uh, you know, the, the necklace with the, with the jewel, the gem that we've seen that the sisters have. And uh, she's like, I don't know what the hell, Kate. You know, I've never had her. Um, in essence, this was all a way to sort of fuck with Alice, especially because she was, um, she being Sophia, was in essence being accused of uh, kidnapping Kate. Um, there was a moment earlier where she accuses Ocean of being the one to, to make it seem as if it had been her. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment because that's a whole ass revelation. Um, so let's focus on Alice's journey in this. Uh, Millie? So Alice kills Ocean, thinking that she's going to get Kate, and she gets a room full of necklaces. 
Man, Alice really went through, like, the emotional ringer this episode. I feel for her. Especially that, like, scene where she, like, goes into the cellar and just sees the necklaces. Kind of hit a little bit in the, you know, in the feels. Uh, And I think it was done so well where it's, like, it's this slow unwinding of her. And it's going to be interesting to see now that she has this confirmation. Like, she comes to this realization, you know, via Batwoman even more, who she hates, that um, she really doesn't want to kill Kate, which has been her mission for years. Um, And now she's going to have to cope with the grief which i think ryan put up a good point is like she she hid behind a lot of it um and then the anger and her craziness is her way of coping so it'll be interesting her next steps is what does she do with this is she gonna go even more crazy which it looks like it's very likely (laughs) she might just go on a a killing rampage there um and then to like tie in the whole thing with ocean which i i don't know for me i feel like it kind of makes me question really their, their relationship because we haven't developed much of like an attachment to oceans. I'm wondering if he's more just a throwaway or if he's going to come back and it's just like great love story for them. Um, and maybe that's just a very CW way for it to have like play out. But I kind of see him as just being a tool more for driving her a little bit mad. Well, that's interesting. I will say I was shocked when she stabbed ocean just because the way that they introduced him and the small amount of time, but the amount of time that we saw them together, like, I thought there was going to be more. Clearly there is more, based off of what happens next. But at that moment, when I thought he was dead dead, I was like, well, why did we spend all this time with him? And with him and Alice. And then this happens. So, uh, uh, Sophia ends up pulling the dagger out, and Ocean is alive. Turns out the dagger had been dipped in uh, the desert rose and this and the other and so if you stab somebody with it, it they die but when you pull the blade out the healing properties of the desert rose heals them and it's as if nothing and yada 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 so ocean is back and basically she's like okay you see your girl like you thought there was something you see her how she really is you need your loyalty to me and, you know, I guess Ocean ends up buying all this stuff. And uh, then she's like, yes, loyalty. And she turns over to freaking Tatiana. And then we learn that it was all fucking Tatiana. Tatiana wrote all those little notes. You know, you're welcome. Uh, you know, stay out of stuff or whatever the hell those notes were that uh, Alice got that alleged that Sophia was behind the plane going kaboom and Kate dying, disappearing, whatever. That was all Tatiana. And it was all Tatiana's jealousy of the fact that Sophia uh, spent all that time with Alice and was grooming her to be whatever on the island until, you know, shit went down the tubes. Uh, Professor, did you see this coming? Did you see Tatiana being the one that, in essence, in, in Tatiana's words, she was trying to um, to allow Sophia to get over Alice? Because she's always in your mind, as she was saying. That this was a way to like finally get Alice out of Sophia's life. Although Sophia's like, she kind of was out of my life, and then you brought her back in. Um, she does end up getting stabbed by the uh, dagger with the desert rose uh, on it, and she was like, you know, we'll, we'll pull it out when I'm when I've forgiven her. Which I'm like, I guess that's one way to handle um, henches, hench women that uh, piss you off. But professor, what did you think of this? These revelations. You know, I thought it was well done because, you know, we have seen Tatiana as as an active agent. We've seen her active in Gotham. So it makes sense in retrospect. I sort of figured out about 30 seconds before the reveal uh, when Ocean was saying it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Uh, And then it it does kind of make sense, you know, because uh, from the point of view of, you know, if if the assumption was that Sophia was doing it, you know, why would Sophia do that and sign her name to it? Why would Sophia have... Uh, killed Alice's gang. Why would Sophia be poking the bear? You know, Sophia, you know, unless we're assuming that Sophia was absolutely obsessed with Alice. Uh, and, you know, credit to, you know, their portrayal of Sophia. She she played her as someone who still has an affection uh, for Alice, but doesn't seem obsessed with her in that way. 
So when you're talking about that obsession, it makes much more sense for it to be Tatiana seeing it as, you know, her trying to 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 cleanse Zephaya of this weakness uh, than anything else. So, it, it, yeah, as I say, you know, prior to that, you know, it's uh, it wouldn't take me by surprise. But I think during the scene with Ocean, uh, everything sort of clicked that, oh, wait, I know who it was. Um, so it, it did all make sense. And, and I think, you know, the explanation that it was Tatiana, uh, you know, does make sense. Uh, you know, uh, you know, from, for the reasons that she gave, you know, from what we she said to Alice uh, last episode and and what we find out in this episode, uh, she sees Alice as a cancer uh, that has to be removed. And, uh, you know, not just, you know, removed as in killed, but removed as in, you know, removing her as a potential weakness for Sophia. So it all did kind of pull together, I thought, quite nicely. Uh, in a way that, you know, sort of, you know, explained her actions, uh, at least on a surface level. I haven't really, you know, uh, gotten into the depth of it, but I thought it it made sense in the moment. Yeah, I agree. Oh, Tatiana. We'll see when she gets uh, woken up, I guess. So, uh, after all of this, um, Alice is sort of being carted away, and uh, she ends up fighting her her way with the guards and that sort of thing and she gets her revenge she ends up uh throwing a, a what was it like um a torch or whatever that was like because there's no electricity on coriana except for the um the handcuffs and that sort of thing she ends up throwing it into the field of desert rose and it all goes kaboom um sophia is shooketh over the situation, clearly, and her entire her birthright just goes in essence. So this leads us to the moment that I teased earlier. Sophie and Batwoman. Ryan has a lot of interesting talks in this episode, and a lot of it I think has to deal with the fact that she thinks she's dying. And and they're really they being the writers are really milking that. And she ends up having a really interesting conversation with Sophie where uh, Sophie, in essence, apologizes for how she's treated Batwoman. But uh, Ryan as Batwoman is like, well, you know, you miss Kate. You know, you wanted it to be Kate, and, and I'm not Kate. And she's like, I get it. And uh, she's like, um, could you stay with me, you know, so I don't die alone? in essence. Um, and, and Ryan even was like, you know, I knew something happened when the guards left. And, and so she made her way to the Desert Rose and she, you know, realizes the, the cure is gone. We'll talk about the wrinkle in that in a moment. But let's let's get your take on this, Millie. I know you have not been, as we all haven't really been, the biggest Sophie supporters. But what do you think of Sophie throughout the episode? And in particular, what did you think of her with Batwoman? as we all think for at least a brief maybe half a second that this, this might be Ryan as Batwoman taking her final breath. I actually enjoyed Sophie this episode. I think a lot of um, her growth, that, you know, the person talked about that's been teased kind of comes uh, to fruition here. And I think I was a little bit surprised in terms of her speaking out against Jacob because I feel like she's always kind of been like his right-hand man saying yes and stuff like that. So for her, to, for her to actually say something, I was like, good for her taking a stand. And I think that also goes into uh, she is – slowly starting to see things differently maybe she's now coming the idea that kate is actually gone and a lot of that has fueled how she's acted um but the the scene with ryan i thought was really interesting uh and it was around the point of saying basically you know because she wasn't kate she's always hold this thing i think for me my one hold up was like i have to remember that it's batwoman she doesn't know it's ryan because i know there's still some unfinished business there between ryan and sophie so i think that'd be interesting to see if that ever gets resolved but in terms of her being there for batwoman i think that's like a huge step forward and i hope um like it changes the the way that she sees batwoman and their uh communication of course my one uh pessimistic side was like i really hope this doesn't become like because i felt like before they kind of teased maybe something possible between like batwoman and uh sophie or ryan and sophie so i hope that was um not like anything there and they're just going to kind of move forward with the different storyline for Sophie. Oh God, where's the holy water? Don't even 
bring that demon into this conversation. <laughs> oh, God. I, I know we sort of talked about it before, and just please, no, 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 no. That's like the ultimate cheese. Um, unless, you know, she's got a thing for costumes, which, you know, we don't know what her personal life is like, or her sex life. She might have a thing for it. There are fetishes out there, but let's just, oh, God, Sophie, please, no. Do not fall in love with the bat. Uh, Professor, I want to get your take on this as well, because we have had ongoing conversations about Sophie, um, and I think this episode really was a, a big moment for Sophie. I think her conversation at the end with Batwoman was really important for Sophie as a character, and especially her relationship with the Bat, because not only has she sort of softened her approach with Batwoman, uh, she now knows that Luke is a part of the Bat team. So that means that she could potentially start figuring other stuff out as well. Uh, what did you think of that final moment with Sophie and, uh, and Batwoman, Professor? You know, very strong. Uh, you know, I was expecting, you know, the, the cliche of, of Ryan taking off her mask. And I'm really Ryan Wilder and da, 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 da. I'm God. glad they didn't go that route because, you know, she ended up not dying and then it would have been awkward. Um, uh, you know, when you unmask, assuming you're going to die, it's like, you know, the plane's going down. I love you. I've never said anything. Oh, the plane's straightening out now. Well, we've got two more hours until we land at Dulles. This is going to be awkward. Um, so I'm glad they didn't go that route. But I think, uh, you know, that was, you know, the capper for what was a very strong episode for Sophie you know um, she had a number of really good scenes her scene with uh, with Luke was great uh, because she was really setting up the uh, the uh, you know the, the fact that you know she has sort of come around to you know she's no longer the hard ass that she was in season one uh, you know she's willing to to you know be the person working uh, with uh, with Team Batwoman, which, you know, teases some interesting possibilities for her going forward. Uh, we had, you know, her confronting, you know, Jacob about what Tatiana said and, and realizing the truth of it, uh, you know, in a way that she wouldn't have last season. Uh, and she was the one who who took down Tatiana. So, you know, it was, you know, a very good episode uh, for uh, for Sophie overall. And uh, and yeah, I agree that, you know, I've enjoyed Sophie a lot more this season because she hasn't been Sophie mooning over the girl she's in love with, whether it was uh, Kate or whether it was Julia. You know, she's been a much more strong standing on her own character who who isn't forced to be, you know, they're not writing her exclusively to be a relationship foil or an object of desire or someone desiring someone else. Um, and she's become much more interesting and, and you know, uh, a much more engaging character as a result of that. So I think, yeah, it was it was a great ending to it. And, and let's not forget the other thing she must have done was pick Batwoman up and carried her to the plane, uh, you know, to get her back to Gotham in time. Uh, and, you know. Uh, and again, we didn't get it, but, you know, Jacob, who's, you know, been hot wiring the plane, wait, why is Batwoman here? And, you know, that's going to put him in an interesting situation, too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Julia. Let's talk about Money Penny. So back in Gotham, while all this is going on, we have Luke and Mary, and they're initially watching everything, but then with the EMP, their uh, comms and the visuals sort of get wiped out. So they're left literally in the dark, but then they get left in the dark even more because they're actually in the dark because an assassin assassin is being sent to get them. It's, you know, part of the many arms of death. It's Sophia's people. Um, there's uh, an interesting fight between our Scoobs and this assassin. Uh, while all this is going on, Mary is really concerned about... Um, about uh, Ryan's plants, because remember, we've, we've seen this plant since the start of the season. We have come to understand that this plant, in essence, for Ryan, is a symbol of her mom. You know, she was going to give it to her mom the night that they moved, and this, that, or the other, and her mom died, and so she... At, you know, we've seen her talk to this plant like as if it is her mom. So she has a connection with the plant and uh, with her mom and that sort of thing. So uh, that was like the one job that Mary had when um, Ryan left. She was like, please take care of my plant. If I die, you know, just please take care of it. It's the last little bit that I have of my mom. And so Mary was hella protective of it. 
And so they fight the Koreana woman. They end up injuring her, and she goes down. She falls on the plant. Oh, no, she's bleeding on the plant. And uh, they end up getting the plant. And uh, just as they're about to leave and the woman ends up getting up, uh, Penny shows up, Julia Pennyworth, and uh, she ends up stabbing her and this, that, or the other, and so she's taken out. So here's where we get two bombshell revelations. There are a lot of revelations on Coriana, but this is the one here in Gotham. So we learn that Julia has been away because she followed the lead and they found body parts washing up, I guess, you know, on the shore of a beach somewhere. And uh, they match the DNA and the body parts are dun-dun-dun, Kate's. So, uh, Team Bat, at least those that are in Gotham, you know, are now sort of under the realization that Kate is dead. The other revelation that we got was that that plant that Angelique had given Ryan, that Ryan was going to give to her mom, it was a desert rose. So they have the cure for Batwoman. So when the comms go back up, that's when they tell they call up Sophie, bring her back to Gotham. We've got the Desert Rose. So uh, clearly Ryan was not going to die, and uh, they had the Desert Rose all along. So let's talk about this. We're going to talk about this at this point in the episode because there's a little thing at the end that we're going to talk about separately. So at this point of the episode, Kate, Kate is dead. We learned that. There are body parts. There's DNA. Kate is D-E-A-D dead. Dead. As a doornail, as they would say. I'll open this up to the floor. Whomever wants to tackle this first. What did we think of that revelation? And what did we think of, uh, you know, the, what would we call it? I guess it's a MacGuffin of the plant. You know, it, was it a good MacGuffin? Was it a, is that a MacGuffin or is that a deus ex machina? It's a deus ex machina. Okay. A MacGuffin would be if, if it wasn't anything. Um, okay. I think it is kind of funny to look back on the fact that we have seen that plant virtually every episode, right? Yes. You know, the very opening of it. You know, the, the, and, you know, it, it has that connection to her mom. It's something that Angelique gave her. And, of course, we know that there was that connection between Angelique and Ocean. So it all does make sense. Um, and, you know, I can't help but feel that the writers, uh, you know, when that scene was going to air, were just like, ha-ha, we've been putting this in front of your eyes all along. It was, it was Ryan's plant all along. Sing that to the tune of Agatha all along. Um, so I liked that. I thought it was, it was very clever. Um, you know, it was there, you know, and we didn't have any idea what this plant was. We had no reason to assume it was a desert rose. No one had ever seen anything other than the flower of a desert rose. So, you know, why would they make that assumption? Um, it was, uh, it was fun. It was definitely a deus ex machina. The fact that, you know, that, you know, the whole point of that wasn't to deal with the assassin. The whole point of it was to get some blood on the flower so that it would bloom. Uh, and so that you would get the reveal, uh, for the end of it. And so it ended up paying off what was otherwise just a, a simple comedy scene of, uh, of the two of them, you know, really not being in a good situation with that. So um, uh, I actually, uh, you know, I, I, as much as it was, Steph, I'm not a big fan of the Deus Ex Machina, uh, but, you know, the fact that they did foreground this, it was there in front of our eyes all along, um, you know, I thought was, uh, you know, I, I must at least tip my hat to the writers, nicely played writers. Uh, as far as the, the Julia revelation, first off, I love the fact that, uh, that Julia showed up to save the day because otherwise... I don't know how those two would have managed. Um, you <laughs> know, again, that was a bit of a, a Deus Ex Machina moment. You know, the stranger just walks in and uh, and and you know throws a knife and uh, and takes out the bad guy. Plus, has all of this important information. Uh, I did catch something that you mentioned when you were talking about her revelation that actual body parts. Uh, you know, didn't say a body. Uh, said body parts, um, you know, and uh, you know, uh, but that you know, obviously, you know that. You know, the fact that parts were found and could be DNA tested, uh, you know, makes it, you know, uh, a much more likely. So it is interesting that, you know, um, even as uh, Alice is is dealing with uh, the revelation that her sister isn't alive, uh, the rest of the team is having to deal with that same revelation at essentially the same time uh, via a different um, uh, a different path. So. Uh, so Luke hasn't dealt with uh, the reality of, of Kate's death. Uh, Mary has, but they're both having to, you know, face a, a very tangible uh, realization of that. Yes, that is very true. Millie, your take on uh, 
on just at this point in the episode, everyone really has come to the realization that Kate is dead. We have Alice realizing it with, uh, you know, the incredibly dramatic room of necklaces. We have our Gotham people realizing it via, via um, Julia. And we also had uh, um, Ryan as Batwoman realize it as well, because in essence she sort of intimates as much to Sophie when they're talking, when she thinks she's going to die. You know, I don't, you know, Sophia never had her, and this, that, or the other. What did you think of when Julia showed up and, and giving them that information about the body parts? Did you at that moment, were you like, okay, so this is how they're writing off the Kate Kane char- character? I was. I was like, okay, cool. I totally, I, I you know, Julia's, tr- she's trustworthy. I'll take what she says for, for uh, face value. I think for me it was more, um, I was just relieved that we got some kind of, uh, conclusion, right? Because we've talked about how long this has been drawn out. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to just she's somewhere in Koreana? We're going to Koreana. She going to show up? Like, are they like what? How are they going to handle this? And so I was just, I'm like, okay, cool. She's dead. She's dead, right? <laughs> like, end of that. We can kind of move on and really focus on Ryan's story and let her develop into the bat. Um, and kind of close that and give all the characters closure, which is kind of like what Jacob said last episode, where it's like, it sucks to like wake up every day and like have this hope. So uh, at that moment, I was like, great, everyone can grieve and and move on um, from that. So I thought that was, and I think it will help them all kind of close this chapter and and move forward. I think, especially for, um, for Ryan, because she kind of brought up in the beginning of the episode, you know, there's, she's kind of felt like a placeholder a little bit. She's like, what happens when we get to Coriana and and find her? So I think that's going to really dictate how she goes moving forward as well. That is true. Yes. That is a big point because at the end of the day, um, you know, what was going to happen if they did find uh, Kate on Coriana and uh, she came back? There's, there would be two bats. So are there two bats? It turns out that there are, in essence. So we get a teeny tiny scene at the end. It was hella brief. Uh, we are in Gotham. We go down into the sewers. We get the voices of Kate and Beth as children. Uh, you know, flashes back and that sort of thing. We zoom in on a woman that's bandaged up, and she's wearing, dun-dun-dun, the necklace. So it is Kate in the sewers of Gotham for the past, how long has it been? Weeks? Who knows? We don't know what her journey has been. But it is Kate Kane. She's alive. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, we've spent these past eight episodes with our characters sort of going back and forth of, is she alive, isn't she? A couple of characters already grieving, a couple of characters never giving up hope, a couple of characters, um, you know, grieving and then never giving up hope. And now all of our characters, in essence, are going to be grieving and accepting the loss because, as of right now, for them, point blank, and the period, Kate is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Body parts, DNA match, she's dead. And in essence, Ryan is going to get the moment to be the bat without the Kate shadow over her. So she's going to be able to be Batwoman, in essence, knowing that no one can take it away from her, that Kate isn't going to come back and all of a sudden want to be the bat. But now we have Kate Kane, and um, it is a recast that was not Ruby Rose, that was someone by the name of Wallace Day, who has now taken over the role of Kate Kane. Um, We've been talking about this for the longest. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to recast? Are they going to bring back Ruby Rose for like a 30 second scene where she's like, thank you for saving me. I am off to location X and that's where I will be living from now on. Uh, Were they going to do something like that where Kate would come back and then leave? Would they have written a note where Kate's like, I am here with Bruce. 
you know, I just couldn't handle it. No, they didn't do any of that. They actually recasted her, which is an interesting um, development uh, because what does that mean? What does this mean? This is right now time for a reaction to the recasting of Kate Kane, as well as a little bit of armchair show running. What do we think this means? And uh, are we going to find her soon? Or is this something that's going to be built up, do we think, until the end of the season? Where maybe the season finale or the penultimate episode of the season is when they find uh, Kate Kane? Because clearly we need to, I would assume, be told her journey. Uh, why is she in the sewers? Um, the whole bandage stuff on her face is clearly going to... Uh, uh, be a, a story point as to why she looks different. What do we think? Uh, Millie, what did you think when you saw the teaser, the little uh, teeny tiny, we'll call it a post-credit scene? Well, initially I was a little bit grossed out. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody Very should like, be living oh. in a sewer. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're Alice. True. Um, I I was, like, surprised. I think because said we talk about this almost every week where like well, what are they going to recast it and i think after and a little bit cheating like reading interviews with the showrunner i think it makes sense i think this helps in a lot of ways as you touched on we get ryan to have her story and we kind of in a way get to hear this new background story for this reinvented recasted kate um i see it kind of being something where it's that's the mystery of the the second half of the season. Everyone's going to kind of go on the business, and I think the big bad of the second half is going to lead us to this penultimate reveal, like Kate's still alive, but we get to develop this. I think that was something that we was we were lacking a little bit in the first season was not a lot of background in Kate. We didn't really get delve into that. So I'm actually kind of excited. I know we were hesitant about the recasting, um, but I think given the situation, I like what they've done with Ryan, and I think that this recast gives a whole new fresh of storylines that they can talk about, um, and it'll be interesting to have everyone reacts uh, when they do eventually figure out that she's still alive after obviously going through a lot. Um, so it's it breathes some new air into to an already exciting season. Professor, what about you? What's your take on Kate Kane being alive, being recasted, and uh, where this could go? Or where do you think the writers are going to take this? Uh, well, first off, uh, kudos to the showrunners for keeping it a secret. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, in these days of, of, of stuff leaking and, and, you know, casting notices coming out and stuff like that, uh, I think they did a very good job uh, of keeping it uh, a secret as well as they did so that it could be, you know, that reveal. Uh, of, uh, of Kate still being alive. I don't know. I, again, it depends entirely on what they do with her. It does seem a little weird that, you know, they're they're taking, you know, Ryan, who's been dealing with the shadow of the bat hanging over her, and they're finally taking it away, only to basically be saying to us in the eyes, aha, but it's going to come back, which is a little weird. Uh, but I understand they didn't want to give into the, the killing your gaze uh, stereotype, uh, which is, you know, why they didn't just uh, kill Kate off in the first place. So the idea of recasting her and bringing her back, uh, I think it's 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 a good idea. Now, they did, you know, again, getting back to what Julia said, she has lost multiple body parts. So, you know, it's not like she's going to be coming back and, hey, give me the suit back. And, hey, why is it so tall now? Um I, I, I can't see her coming back, you know, unless it's some sort of, you know, cybernetically enhanced Batwoman. I can't see her stepping in and immediately becoming the Bat. Uh, she could maybe take an Oracle type role or or something along those lines. Uh, but I wouldn't see her coming back in, in a sort of, you know, battle for the cowl, uh, as we talked about earlier in the season when, you know, speculation as to, to whether Kate uh, was alive or not. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do with it going forward. I hope it's not uh, a big thing. Uh, I hope that, you know, the, the team certainly doesn't find out about it anytime soon. I think it would be best if it's, you know, we're just sort of, you know, just getting these occasional scenes of, of you know, Kate coming to, you know, uh, to recover and, and, and try to find out, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, trying to get back to her life in some way. But I would be very surprised if it leads to some sort of, you know, battle for the cowl type of situation. I think that would be doing Ryan a disservice, uh, especially as the first black back woman, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a person of color who's who's got that role. Uh, I think it would be a mistake to uh, to allow the, you know, the, uh, you know, the the white woman to come in and, and swoop it away from her. So I think that's, uh, you know, that, that would be my only fear in that is that, it, it, you know, if, if they did go that route, and I don't think they're going to. I think they've made their decision that Ryan
Ryan is their Batwoman. Uh, Ryan's had the chance to prove herself, and Ryan can now go forward now that everyone's convinced that Kate is dead, not having to worry about, you know, living up to someone else's legacy. Uh, you know, somewhat analogous to to Kate in season one, trying to live up to the legacy of, of Batman. So uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what will happen. I think it'll be, you know, uh, a while. I think, you know, whatever we get in terms of seeing Kate Kane, it will be stuff that's not having anything to do with, with our main characters. Uh, it'll be off on her own little subplot island. And probably I would guess by, you know, towards the end of the season, she might make a return in some way. Uh, possibly in you know the, the very end, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I hope that you know that 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 is is backgrounded. Everyone thinks she's dead until they have reason to believe she's alive. I think it'd be much more interesting for her to come back, and and everyone is convinced she's dead. It is kind of curious that they're they're setting up such a parallel uh, with Kate right now to what happened to Alice all those years ago, which is that she's lost. People are searching mm-hmm. for her. Some people think she's dead. Some people think she's alive. Eventually. Uh, you know, uh, body parts or skull fragments in that case are found that convince everyone that she is dead. They give up looking for her and then she has to make her return. So it, it, I, I'm, I wouldn't think for a second that they're going to go down the same uh, route with Kate uh, and, and, uh, and Alice. Uh, but you know, that might give Alice something to do as she's, you know, you know, the bat team has no reason to be looking for her. Alice has no reason to be looking for her, but Alice seems to spend a lot of time in the sewers of Gotham anyway. So yeah. it might be Alice that, that discovers her and is the, the route to her coming back. That would be interesting. Although I do need to see Alice grieve. Like, so my hope. Yeah, the problem, mm-hmm. I think one thing about Alice is, and I think, you know, there's a, a certain immaturity about Alice. You know, one reason why she's, you know, she she gave, you know, and I think, you know, that was a point that uh, that Ryan brought out when she was talking uh, not only with with Alice, but also talking later with Tatiana, which is Alice is, you know, uh, about anger and rage and uh, and 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 mocking and stuff like that. I don't know that Alice has ever had the opportunity uh, or the occasion to grieve. You know, she may have grieved her lost life, her lost youth, but I don't think she's ever had the opportunity to grieve for someone else. So I don't think her grieving process will be typical in any way. We'll have to wait and see. My hope is, uh, since we have been getting teeny tiny little sort of specks of uh, a redemptive sort of arc for Alice, we've been getting it teased uh, this season in particular. My hope is that if they are going to continue that, we need to see her grieve. That would be another step towards Alice's humanity coming through. And uh, that would be a big step, I would think. So hopefully we get to see that in one episode coming up. Because I think that would be a big moment for her. Um, the whole body parts thing. Because I do agree with you, Professor. Like, they can't have this white woman coming in and being like, you know, this is my cow. Like, I'm going to do this now. So the fact that the writers have, in essence, doubled and tripled down on Ryan makes me firmly believe that Ryan is going to be the bat, no matter what they do with Kate. The whole thing with the body parts, I wonder if that is faked. Like, in my opinion, I think the whole plane crash, I think that's going to tie into the big bad for the next half of the season. Um, It it has been teased, and we saw the, the False Face Society we all know that Black Mask is showing up uh, moving forward. At least as of right now, it looks like the, the Sophia arc is uh, over. Clearly, Sophia is pissed off. So she will reemerge at a certain point, I would assume, to, like, you know, you know, sh- you know, what would it be? Like, you know, to stick the shiv inside of... Uh, Alice, you know, for revenge uh, later on. So I don't think we're done with Sophia, but we're done for her for at least for the moment. And I think we're going to shift towards Black Mask. It'll be interesting to see if they tie in Black Mask with the plane crash, because we do need to, some sort of understanding as to, like, why the plane crashed. And if Black Mask was involved in Kate's death, or death in air quotes, um, that would be interesting. And uh, it would give the team also the added motivation to take him down. And uh, I wonder if that could also explain, I don't know what Black Mask's powers are, but um, if Black Mask wanted them to think that Kate was dead, 
or if if someone villainous wanted them wanted them to think that Kate was dead, couldn't they have faked body parts? I don't know how you do that though. That's my only thing. Um, but yeah, the whole no, body. I parts agree thing. that you know by our standards it can't be done. But this is a comic book show True. in which Alice can you know mold perfect replicas of people's faces yeah. uh, that are virtually undetectable. So. You know, there there are possibilities for, you know, waving hands around and stuff like that. That is true. Because I wonder, because the whole thing with body parts, I'm like, what is she missing? Like a toe or like a pinky finger or like, is she missing like limbs? Like, I feel like that would be much more incredibly difficult for them to achieve on a CW show. So that's why I'm thinking that the body parts have to be faked. And it's whomever was in charge of Kate's disappearance. They, them sort of faking it so that... Uh, that the the team, in essence, and the crows sort of stop looking for her. We'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. Uh, fortunately, we don't have a month-ish hiatus. We'll, we'll start getting answers next week. So, was there a teeny tiny moment, anything that I missed, that either of you want to bring up before we head into the MVP? All right. It was a jam-packed uh, episode. In essence, a jam-packed mid-season finale. So let's move into the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Professor, who's your MVP? Uh, I'm going to go with Sophie. Uh, you know, wow. I've said, you know, I've, I've enjoyed Sophie more this season. You know, the idea of me choosing Sophie at any time last season would have seemed ludicrous. But I think she's had a real development to her character, and we're getting the payoff of that in this episode. Uh, she, you know, for all the reasons I talked about, you know, the she has grown. Uh, she's she's learned to question the crows and, and question her place in this. She's obviously much more of an ally to the Bat team. Uh, and is being more overt about it, and uh, no, and, and and you know she was a total badass, and plus she had that really uh, tender moment, you know, just being willing to uh, to sit uh, with uh, with Ryan when Ryan thought she was going to die. Uh, it was it was touching. Wow, I am impressed. A very good choice, though, actually, and I and I'm shocked that I can actually say that about the character. Millie, what about you? Who's your MVP and why? I think I'll have to go with Ryan. I think she had some really good conversations, and I think really was one between her and Alice. It shows that she, you know, she understands Alice in a way that um, I don't think we we really understood before. Um, and just all of that, her kind of, I guess it was a little bit cheating because it's like this is my last, you know, my last mission and my last death. But I think that it was played really well and really enjoyable. Um, really did make you feel, especially that moment with Sophie. So all around, it was a really solid performance. Another fantastic choice. And so we've had two strong female characters, and I'll go with the third. I'm going to give it to Alice. Rachel Scarston was just fantastic throughout the entire episode. Uh, I love the look on her face when Ryan spilled the tea. Like, she was just like, oh, shit. Like, uh, they, they got me now. <laughs> like, it was spectacular. And then the rage that she had when... You know, she found out that it was just a room full of the necklace. I mean, and then, like, the steel, you know, almost just, you know, villainous calm that she had when she burned down all of those uh, Desert Rose flowers. I mean, it was just fantastic. Rachel was spectacular throughout this episode. Now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 bat signals? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in that cave. Professor? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I really did like the surprises. Uh, it, it did feel a little too convenient, maybe, you know, the way everything linked together. But I thought the surprises were done very well, both the uh, the Desert Rose and that. Uh, boy. Um I, I'll give it a nine out of ten. I thought it's certainly the best episode I would say of the season so far, and uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, just the the surprise factor was done well, and uh, and everything kind of made sense uh, when it all came together. All right, starting off strong with a solid nine from the professor, Millie. What about you? I too will have to give it nine bat wings. I thought it was 
a little bit like things were convenient, but I do like how things were hinted, right? Especially with Ryan having Desert Rose. We had that season, like beginning of episode one. So it wasn't just like out of nowhere. So I appreciate the effort there. Um, it was enjoyable. It was action packed. I think a lot of the, ex- like, I felt like this whole first seven episodes has been a lot of exposition and this was the payoff and it's definitely noticeable. And I think it definitely did pay off. So nine bat wings overall. I'm going to bump it up to a 10. I really like the episode. It is very rewatchable. As I mentioned before, it is jam-packed, but it is cohesive. They really wrote the episode in a way that there was a lot of information, but it all made sense. Flash writers, please take notes. Um, I thought the performances were really good. I thought some of the reveals were really good as well. And we had um, sort of a shocking one at the end, especially because this episode was the episode in which everyone basically realized Kate is dead. And then she isn't. So, yeah, it was a solid hour of, of Batwoman. And I would say, I know that the professor said it was the best one of the season. I think it's probably the best Batwoman episode we've seen, period. It was good. I liked it. So on that note, join us next time for a brand installment of the Gotham City Gazette. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Gotham City Gazette and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the professor. Good night, Gotham. And Millie Wood. Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along, you can find me on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Gotham City Gazette every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papichula Radio archives. Good night.